Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Bazdira, Kit, and Flick. Last week, the party arrived in the Shimmerscale Tunnels and were greeted by old friends excited to see their loved ones return safely. Our adventurers got updated on their kobold friends' lives, and the kobolds were treated to exciting tales of daring do by the party. Pleasure was mixed with business, of course, and plans were discussed regarding the party's next move against the Central Island and the Beast. Dranks was, of course, quick to volunteer his militia, now just over 50 strong. And Varn suggested the party focus on intel gathering so more concrete plans could be made. Next up, in pursuit of said intel, the party plans to travel to the Arcanium and converse with the Guardians. What information will the Guardians have for our friends? What have Hawks and Brita been up to? And are we actually going to make these adventurers give this speech to the Simmerscale tribe at the top of the session? I don't know. Let's find out, hey, y'all. <laughs> oh, no. no. Let's surely. <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> How we doing? It's been 20 minutes. <laughs> Good. I mean, a week. I definitely don't have to go to the bathroom anymore, so that's nice. Same. <laughs> Incredible progress has been made, listeners. You know? Oh, last week's episode was fun, because we just did it, but like, I'm excited to be back recording and playing with you all. Me too. Me too. It felt nice. It does feel like this... Now look, uh, you know, there will be things... It's not going to be... F- pure smooth sailing for the whole season. But this season is going to be a lot of, like, memory montage through past seasons, catching up with old characters and sort of uh, seeing what they've been up to and how they can help you all. Um, and I was delighted. What are what are those episodes called on sitcoms where they, like, mm-hmm. do, like, a shit ton of flashbacks and they're always really Oh, like really clip annoying. shows? Yeah. Clip those, episodes? Those always piss yeah. me off. Oh, well, like... that's good to hear at the start of an entire season <laughs> you're, you're of welcome. them. I'm so uh, thrilled. Well, it's it's different because it's, like, when you're watching a show, you're like, well, I've we're probably seen this show like a billion times and ah. we're clipping back into the same things. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I've, I've seen all this like eight times, like rewatching Friends and you get a clip episode. You're like, I've seen this show like a billion times. I don't need to watch extra episodes. Are you insinuating that you think our listeners repeat <laughs> these episodes over and over? I mean, I do. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel like this is less of a clip episode season as much as it's like a like a reunion season like you know like mm-hmm. we have the current like sex in the city reunion so this feels like our does that make Bria <laughs> Mr. Big oh no she didn't have no, an unfortunate accident on a peloton she's she's like the Samantha she's just gone she's just doing gone. her own thing Oh, there you go. There you go. That's a better. That's a better yeah. analogy, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I have not seen the Sex in the City reboot. Oh, I haven't I either. either. I have not heard good things about. <laughs> no, it. I'm glad Me that neither. we're all talking about it conversantly, like we have, mm-hmm. and yeah. now we're all sort of revealing that none of us have watched it. I only knew about the Peloton thing because uh, Peloton like had to release a statement about they, like, it. They sued them. Yeah. They're like, our bikes aren't dangerous it's fine see i didn't know that i just had heard that they killed off mr big that's all i'd heard mm-hmm. on a peloton, a a peloton. <laughs> i mean if there's ever a way for a rich person to die that's not <laughs> blowing himself in a rocket i think it's accurate you know oh god, oh, god. <laughs> I, listen, I listen to i listen to another podcast called Las culturistas with bone yang and matt rogers and they cannot help but continue talking about the sex and and what's it called again it's oh sex in the city oh uh and then something it's and then (laughs) there were none and then they named it after that old agatha christie murder (laughs) (laughs) and just like that but i was like that's not right (laughs) and just like that dot 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 and just like that that's and just like that so they can't help but keep talking about it because and matt rogers says that uh it's a bunch of third graders in the writer's room that are just like (laughs) and the prompt has been given like write a like revival series of this series that you've never seen before and like they just go off yeah so funny. I love it. And well, no, I've never all seen right, it. All right, so that's our anti-media wreck for the week. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, watch apparently that Apparently don't show. go watch uh, that. Um, I, I don't know. I Usually I'm the one who's like, let's banter. But we've done okay on time, and I... I want I want to know what happens next. Me too. I would just like to share briefly and then we can dive into it. Apparently in this week's one of one of this week's uh New York Times crossword puzzle, there was a clue that was like a D&D character class and one of my one of my best friends from high school just texted me a screenshot and was like, "Help." 
And um, so the answer was cleric because yes, Sam and I do that puzzle every morning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they were very impressed that I got it. <laughs> it was not hard, to be clear. It, it wasn't hard because it was six letters, and I'm pretty sure cleric I is one of the, the few. Yeah. C L E R I C. Yeah. One of the few mm-hmm. six letter ones. And then as soon as you get a letter, there yeah. are only 13 choices anyway. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. I definitely have a screenshot of that part of the puzzle sitting on my phone with every intention of putting it in our Slack, and then I never did. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, if you're curious when we're recording this episode, uh, you can go back and check old New York Times crosswords for that clue to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> no, don't encourage them to do that. We like to keep the air of mystery. The mystery. Don't, no, you, you like, like to, to keep the air of mystery. None of the rest of us give a shit. <laughs> Ooh, when are we recording this one? Uh. <laughs> All right. Anything else? That was a good one. Thank you for that. I'm glad we took the time for that. You're Anything else? Truly. No, I think let's go. Right. Yes. Well, I, I, it's, it doesn't matter what I do. We banter for seven minutes and then we play D&D. So here we are. Woo! So when we left you all last week, uh, you were about to give the big speech to the tribe, the, the Hey, We're Home speech to the tribe. Now, uh, we can do that if you all want, or we can just sort of say, you gave them the speech, and that's fine. I will definitely, you all talked about giving two speeches to the tribe, the second one being after you all got some more information and had some actual asks for them. I would love to hear at least bits and pieces of that when the time comes, but I don't really care about this one, because this one seems to be mostly a, hey, we're home, and shit's gone down. That's actually always say <laughs> you gather That's the entire speech. tribe into like these cramped uncomfortable tunnels and chambers and they're all waiting with bated breath and flick stands up and goes well and has like an entire deck of cards in his hand and then says we're home shit's gone down <laughs> and there is an eruption of applause no uh all right so yeah so you you give whatever that speech is and and you know you know what let's have all of you is anyone not speaking? Are we, like, forcing one of you to give the speech? Are you all participating? What's the plan here? Oh, I think it's just Flick. <laughs> just me. That's, no, that's generally my assumption. That's literally... I started gesturing, like, being like, like, no, all three of us, all three of us. <laughs> See, I thought you were gesturing just to yourself. Like, no. instead of doing a circle, you're no, just kind of kept pointing to yourself. <laughs> I do no. point at myself often. No, I think it should be all three. <laughs> All right, Bazir, you don't have to. You can make Flick and Kit do it on their own if you want. I mean, but anyone who is speaking, please roll me a charisma persuasion check. That's the roll. I don't know if I want to speak. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let's start with Flick, I suppose. Flick, how'd you do? That's one of my expertise skills, so that's yeah. a 24. Excellent. Bazir? She's feeling very eloquent. She got an 18. Okay, Kit? 16. Hey! Okay, so the reason I asked for that was because what you're able to do, because I have to say, without without a clear plan of attack, this news could be very upsetting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought about that on the break. I was like, oh gosh, if I yeah. have to make a speech, what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that isn't just like, hey, we're back. Yeah. By the way, the world is going to end like any minute. <laughs> Literally, one of the first thing I thought of uh, was like, you know, like, by the way, like, what we're here, like, it's so good to see everybody. Also, like, this news isn't meant to alarm you, but it might. (laughs) Yeah, it is that preface uh, that sort of allows this speech to not be really upsetting. uh, And in fact, with those excellent roles, um, to be, to be, uh, exciting's not the right word, but like, hopeful. Right? Like, there is this problem. We sort of always knew in some way that it existed. (laughs) We know a lot more now, and it's bad, but we have done a lot of work to get things ready to deal with it. And I think that's sort of what they're left with, is that you are here. First of all, the fact that this is where you came back to first, the fact that you are taking the time to speak to all of them in this way, make them sort of uh, feel like, you know, this is your home and you care about them and like that goes a long way with this with this group who has who have dealt with a lot of pretty significant upheaval beast aside in the last i mean certainly the last 2 months uh, but in the last you know 2 years since you all arrived so yeah so it, it goes well uh, and you have the tribe sort of excited and and awaiting your next proclamation and and somewhat more willing to be of service which i will now make note of so for when you come back to ask for favors. Hooray! Okay, so uh, once that's done, you know, everyone, you know, there's great raucous applause. Uh, there are, you know, there are some of the kobolds sort of in the front who, as you all are 
sort of finishing off and stepping off of Varn's little dais and all that, who, like, clap you on the back, shake your hand. There are a few that, like, you know, a mother and, and son who, like, is all decked out and is clearly one of Drenks's, like, militia people come up and, like, you know, tearfully thank you for, like, helping the tribe reach this point where her son can can make something of himself that he really is is excited about in a way that, you know, this whole, like, it's, you have changed lives is the point, and they want you to know that. Kit, it, can, is anybody, like, dressed up like us, like little kids dressed up like the <laughs> outsiders that became leaders? I don't know if we've been there that long. <laughs> That's I that amazing. <laughs> I think... There is a brisk trade in, and you we can discuss the quality, but I think there's a brisk trade in 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 masks of y'all, like of your faces. <laughs> I oh, love no. it. I can just imagine. I don't think it's like... full cosplay, but I think it's like you know wooden mask representations of your faces I love that it. are you know horrifying? some of them are okay oh, yeah. <laughs> well some of them are okay but yeah largely horrifying <laughs> like think- you know flick your your features are like it's it's painted like garish bright yeah, red yeah right like most <laughs> of yours are like this color not found in in proper nature and like uh Bizdira yours is like white like is no is like pure brown with like <laughs> Uh, black lines like down and across to like symbolize like your mask and the wood grain yeah yeah um kit yours like has like wolf's fur in weird places on it um the like representations of your face actually look like they sort of like got well it's all like it's it's wolf fur that's been dyed red (laughs) Oh my god, this sounds awful. No, oh, it's yeah. so cute. Oh, it's like I a like little it. elementary school arts and crafts. The Bria ones are the most varied because, God bless her, Bria doesn't have a particularly notable physical characteristic oh, about god. her face uh, or her head. So they're all just sort of like these like mostly like white, you know, two eyes, a nose, and a mouth hole. Like. <laughs> <laughs> not you reading Bria while she's not here. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Taryn. Uh, oh, she's I'm, gonna be so mad she's again. Be so mad at you it is my goal to, to make one of you say that every episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's, here's the thing: it makes sense. She's a rogue. She doesn't want to be recognizable, so it right. absolutely yes. works. She sometimes and wears I a hate, hood, you know. Right. That. Mm-hmm. All she, of this. She just... sometimes wears a hood. That's her characteristic. <laughs> That's it. It's, I love it. I I'm excited. That that made me very happy. Thank you for Good. That. I'm glad. I'm glad. All right. So, uh, you know, that eventually, you know, the time is spent uh, and it is what it is. What's next? Well, it's good to see that they're so on board. Yeah. Well, you guys rolled well. <laughs> to the Guardians. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah, to the Guardians. Yeah. Okay. You know what that means. We got to go see Hawks, right? No, but we have to travel for like three days, which means we're going to get a random. Oh, oh we no, went to the river. I can jump the river. I can fucking jump it. I can run across it. I can carry somebody with me. It's going to be amazing. I have a broom. I just want to let <laughs> it be known. True. Kit, you want to jump on my back? You can get on the broom. We can We can make... This is going to be the uh, easiest easy. river crossing we've ever had because I can walk on water. I don't know that... Oh, I that's feel true. You can like fly. for old time's sake, we need to try to jump across the stones. I kind of want to do the whole <laughs> giant um, octopus again. That was a really fun. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. fun. That was fun. Um, can I have survival checks from somebody as as because uh, I ju- and then we'll properly narrate this. But um, you can all do it. Sure. Uh, give flick a twelve. Kit a twenty-seven. Oh well, <laughs> yes. Bizdira twenty-two. Okay. You all head off. It will take a few days of travel to get there, as it always does. Unless you all want to, uh, I mean, unless, Kit, you want to, you know, transport via plants to get to the Arcanium immediately, uh, which is the thing that I just, that just occurred to me. I know you can only do it once a day, but uh, you can do it once a day. Maybe on the way back. I feel like okay. we're going to have a nostalgia moment. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, okay, great. I love that. So you all start traveling. Is Are you taking anybody? Uh, Dranks is going with you, I believe, said that he would make the introduction or, or take you right, to Hawks right, yeah. Is there anyone else that you wanted to, to join you all out there? I, there wasn't that you brought up, but before we go. Uh, well, maybe some of, like, the militia. But just just a couple of them. Just to, I don't know, give them experience and, I don't 
can't hurt, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's certainly, you know, Drangs always has a couple of, like, a, like essentially like a, a two pair of guards that travel with him back and forth anyway. Sure. A, a chunk of the militia stayed at the Arcanium anyway uh, and stay mm. there. He Drangs, you all timed it well, and Drangs happened to be back for a check-in, uh, but a lot of the militia spends most of their time training with the Guardians anyway. Um, so yeah, we'll say there's three Drangs and two other kobolds with you, bodyguard kobolds with you all traveling. Um, when, <laughs> when you get to the day that you know you will have to cross the River Ashrag, a veritable CR20 cha- uh, a beast obstacle for you all, <laughs> all those months ago. Not you all months. go right, and Dranks begins to go left, and Bizdira and Kit, you notice a, like, a full-on like, path heading to the to the left where Dranks wants you all to go that looks like footprints, cartwheels. There's a whole thing going in that direction, but it is not the direction that you all usually go to cross the River Ashrug. The whole time? Yeah, I was going to say, how long has uh, this been here? <laughs> and Dranks says, oh, well, I mean, you know, after you all left and we started interfacing with the, with the Guardians, we needed a good way to get back and forth, you know? So it's new. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's new. We, um, well, we all had a good laugh remembering your stories about you trying to cross the river. And <laughs> we thought we would, um, you know, we had a bit more time than you ever did. So we, well, I hope this isn't offensive to you, but we built a bridge. I don't know what stories you're talking about. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you built a bridge. I'm glad. Okay. Bizdira, just because she's Bizdira, is just going to skip across the river and start walking on the other side. And Dranks calls out when you're halfway across, the whole time? <laughs> or is this new? Uh, I got it on the Eastern Island. Yeah, see, when things can change. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there is a bridge. You all can use the bridge to get across. Or, you know, if you want to jump the stones for old time's sake. Nah, nah there's I a got bridge. A room. You can see them, right? Like a couple dozen yards downstream from where the bridge is. Wait, is this when Flick debuts the uses of his broom? Well, I think, well, maybe for old time's sake, he would have put his feet on the ground and walked for a day. <laughs> just to make sure his muscles don't atrophy. I agree. I think <laughs> he just uh, wobble. <laughs> no, but today he will uh, debut and maybe like go like underneath the bridge and like do some to- like tricks and things. I don't know. That Kit could be fun. is going to walk across the bridge like a normal, like a normal person. Wife. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, while you're, I mean, so are the Cobalts, uh, and I think Dranks turns to you and, uh, sort of, you know, pointing at, uh, Bizdira and, uh, and the broom sort of is like, dead useful, those. Yep, pretty useful. <laughs> So's a bridge. A bridge is very useful. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, laughs and nods and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you all can see that there, once you get to the other side, too, like, there is very clearly a fairly active path, trail, whatever, uh, that that uh, has been used to get between the Shimmerscale Tunnels and the Arcanium, uh, which is not, I mean, you all didn't think of it before, but makes perfect sense based on everything you were told yesterday. So, so yeah, actually the going to the Arcanium is a little quicker because there's less sort of through the underbrush, through the woods kind of work now that there is a sort of established trail. And you all arrive at a little, you're, you know that you're still a little ways out from the Arcanium itself, but there's a little collection of like tents and lean-tos and things. And it looks like a little sort of uh, living space, community space uh, for, as you approach, for what seems to be the contingent of the Shimmerscale tribe that isn't joining the Guardians, but sort of has business with them on the regular. Uh, So some of the militia sort of lives here, um, and then there are, uh, you know, just uh, other, other sort of kobolds that do various tasks provide various services and supplies and things like that. And uh, Dranks takes you to one tent in particular and uh, opens up the flap and gestures for you to go inside. Uh, And the only thing, uh, the only person in the tent is Hawks. Hawks is there uh, and looks positively delighted and completely shocked to see you because she definitely never had a chance uh, to be told that you were coming. And so there is much more of the hugs and the reunions and the and the welcomes and all of that and then you know all of that ends with the with a sort of and and what in the hell are you doing here (laughs) well Well, you see funny you should ask 
<laughs> whoa. She's like, whoa, why? That's such a weird response from all of you. Just tell me. <laughs> so I guess and we, we tell do. her. Does she, I mean, what does she get? Does she get basically like the full rundown like the rest of the council did yesterday to start? She gets even more than they did. Like, I will sit there and tell her my life story. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. She will also, she will sit there and listen to it. She and has write the it answers to everything, you. I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I love Hawk so much. <laughs> she doesn't seem to, but she definitely is. She can tell you that she's been out here working specifically with Brita, but with the Guardians in general. Um, and she's like, you all really should go talk to Brita at some point and get her sort of version of all of this. But like, you know, the whole purpose of the Guardians was to keep the Arcanium from ever being opened. And so now... <laughs> Threw a wrench in that one. <laughs> they're sort of rethinking things. And they're, you know, that's that's been a struggle. But, um, you know, the long and short of it is Brita and I and, and a significant portion of the Guardians uh, have pivoted to trying to do two things. One, learn what we can from the, the tribe's historical texts, which I have to tell you all, I now realize is a bunch of creative writing. <laughs> a lot of what we believed is just bullshit. I so mean... that's been a fun discovery. Right on. And she, but she's like, uh, so, you know, combining that useless information, uh, she's clearly a little bitter about it, oh. with the tomes that the Guardians have possession of to try and learn a little something about the beast. We've had middling success there. And we've also been doing what we can to sort of refocus and repurpose the Guardians to help you all as best we can, because we know that, I mean, even before all of these updates, we had a suspicion that your goal would be to address, let's say, the beast. And we've had some more success there, but I don't I don't want to talk too much about that without without Brita here. And and what of you all? I mean, what plans have you made? What do you know? What are your goals? Where are we? Well, funny you should ask. She says, "There's there it is again. I don't... Why do you... It makes me nervous every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not meant to make you nervous. However, we are kind of here uh, to, uh, you know, maybe get help from everybody that we can to uh, make that plan. She just sort of stares at you for like a few seconds of silence after that. <sighs> okay, understood. Uh, she's like, well, at the very least, like, what did, what did your most recent prophecy tell you? Thank you. <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. It's because you haven't cast it in a exactly. year and a half. Okay, great. <laughs> you haven't cast oh. it since you all left the tunnels to go seek out the orcs at the end of season one. To be fair, did I not ask several seasons ago about when we were going to do it again? You, you did, and it wasn't ready then. And it has been, and, and the year has because again, it's only been two months. Um, but the year has the year has elapsed. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, glad I was reminded of this fact. The year. Um, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, let's see. Let's Hawks see, is like, see. oh, oh, you haven't, no. you haven't even. Oh, so we are. Oh, no. We're like. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to insult you all and say square one. You've done a lot of amazing work, but like. <laughs> Got it. Okay, I see. No, no, no. I get, I just want to know where we are in the planning. I I understand. I'm on the. I get it. I get it. Where did Merkel come from? Right. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. Very, okay. Did Hawks have a voice? Yes. Was she, was, she, was she was British. She was like Wasn't very she? posh. But okay. And Meepo was the one with the low voice, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. All right. Well, she's like, what do you think of my what What did you think of my accent? I've been practicing with the Guardians. <laughs> I don't, what did I fool you? Yes, you, you fooled us. Oh, Great excellent. job. Thank you. That's delightful to me. Thank you. I really didn't think I would fool anyone. Anyway, right, back to important things. Uh, so you have not cast prophecy. Um, well, no. uh, far be it from me to tell you capable adventures what the next step should be, but that does seem like a, a, a f potential font of information. Um, of course, maybe not also. The prophecies are confusing. Uh, some, last time you were birds or something. I don't Something about birds. <laughs> really, we've been staring at birds for a year and a half now. I don't no. know. <laughs> don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. All right, so he'll pull out the shimmer scale. Now, you, you remember this is like an eight-hour affair. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, like, oh, we're, we're starting, starting this now. now. We need oh, to do it now. Right now. Oh, my God. All right. Everybody um, leave. 
She's uh, okay. I'll, uh, I'll. Do you want me to go? I don't. No, I mean you can be here if you want, but I, I mean, just need it to, to be quiet. Okay, it's a personal thing. All right, quiet. Right. Well, why don't I go get Brita? She'll want to know you're here. Where's Bria, by the way? Which is definitely a question that I would have asked a long time ago. But uh, let's pretend she's on maternity leave. So <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't me this week. <laughs> she met a nice turtle. I think she's on a submarine with Captain Sniff. What else are we gonna say? She's like, oh, I, uh, Brita will either be thrilled or horrified to hear that. I'm not really sure which. Uh, anyway, I'll go get her, and I guess in eight hours we'll come back. Well, why don't you talk with Brita, and I'll do this. You can go off and do that. Uh, all right. I, so you want me to update Brita? I, what are the rest of you doing? I no, I, I meant you all. Gonna, yeah, we're oh. gonna we're gonna come with you. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> are, we, are we leaving Flick unattended while he's doing his eight hours of things? Or are we having someone stay and be oh, that's, with him to protect him? Well, that's how it happened Drinks. last time. You could stay outside. I'm happy to, to stay myself. and meditate and do whatever. And Kit, if you want to go with Hawks sure. to find Brita, that's fine. And Drinks can do whatever the fuck he wants. I was going to say... Drinks and his two bodyguards are probably very capable, and we could probably leave them. Um, I think Dranks has shit to do, uh, but the bodyguards uh, are absolutely happy to stay and, and guard the, the tents from the outside. Bizdira, they have no problem if you would like to stay and and also guard. Uh, they won't be offended or anything. Uh, it's up to you. I feel like as much as I trust Dranks, I feel like I'm a little nervous about their capabilities. Yeah. I'm All right, seasoned. so you can you can. Stick- yeah, you haven't seen him in action. Adventure. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, all right, so can, the three of we you can will. Spar. That's what we can oh, do for eight hours. Of course you can. Um, yeah, okay. So you're going to stay there uh, and hang out and guard and definitely not accidentally knock out the guards while sparring. Uh, <laughs> and then, Kit, you're going to go talk to Brita, yes. Doesn't Flick have Tiny Hut? But no, it's it's a two concentration spells. Could he cast Tiny Hut over himself? He could. I don't think Tiny Hut's a concentration, right? No, I think it's a ritual, not a concentration. So right, I could... but you can cast it with a spell slot if you would like. Or it's you true. can take eight hours and ten minutes. I don't know. That's up to you. <laughs> I'll take the eight hours and ten minutes, please. Okay, I think it's eight hours and eleven minutes because I do think it has a one-minute casting time. Um, All right. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, so you can tiny hut for more protection. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, if you're enjoying the episode so far, it would be Skookum. If you could pop on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get our podcast from and leave us a rating and a review. We do love to read them. We got to read one last week, and now we're just waiting on more so we can keep reading your very kind words and gushing about them. So go leave us a review. We, of course, want to remind you about our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge to get access to all kinds of cool patron perks, like early access to certain episodes, character sheets for the PCs, and much more. And if all that isn't enough, well, do remember that by supporting our Patreon, you're also supporting multiple other content creators from across the Patreon sphere via our Patreon at Forward program. You can find out what other Patreons you will be supporting through the program by checking out our Patreon page. While you go and do that, we'll read you some of the names of some of our awesome patrons and thank them for their support. Thank you so much to our Heralds of Denier, Shimigangat, Tanya, Arc and Casual Pops, to our honorary party member Matthew Allen, and to our Shimmer Scale tribe leaders Eugenio, Eliyahu of Merck Grove, Lisa Diane Ricardo Etheridge, and Harmony Bat. If you would like to get shoutouts on the show just like that, and much, much more, you should hop on over to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge and become a patron today. We are very grateful to be partnered with Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. Idle Champions is a really simple and fun idle game with tons of familiar characters from D&D podcasts and live streams. You could play with multiple members of the Rivals of Waterdeep, the Acquisitions Incorporated C-Team, the Companions of the Hall, and many, many more. And the best part? It's available for just about every platform, PC, console, mobile. I even hear that some of the smart fridges these days can run this game. No, not not really. Anyway, uh, you can find out more about where you can play the game, however, and some other stuff by checking them out on Twitter, at Idle Champions. And once you've started playing, be sure to check out our episode notes every week for a new code that'll get you free loot in-game. 
We want to thank BattleBards, Scott Buckley, and Kevin McLeod for the music you hear on our show. You can find their collections at BattleBards.com, ScottBuckley.com.au, and in CompTech.FilmMusic.io, respectively. As always, you can, of course, also check the episode notes if you want specific track names, artist names, and links to those tracks. If you ever get adventures, character options, new monsters, or really anything at all from the DMs Guild or from any of the drive through family of websites, be sure to use our affiliate links that you can find on our website or in our episode notes when you shop at those sites so that TLR gets a portion of your purchase. It's like Amazon Smile, but make it D&D. We also want to thank D&D Beyond for their support of our podcast and for being generally amazing in every way possible. If you aren't already a D&D Beyond fan and user, go check out their services at dndbeyond.com. You won't regret it. Fancy a little more last refuge in your life? Dream of waking up to a cup of glorp and a relaxing puzzle sesh with Flick? Or maybe you just want to rep your favorite podcast during your morning run with a TLR t-shirt and water bottle? Well, your dreams can be a reality if you go to bit.ly slash TLR merch store, all lowercase, right now. Our merch store is fully stocked with all sorts of TLR goodness, and we're always on the lookout for ideas for new products. Visit the store, pick something out, and be sure to take lots of pictures and tag us on social media media. All right. I think that's all the announcements we've got for you this week. We are just chugging ahead with season nine. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Do stay safe, stay healthy, fight racism where, when, and however you can. And happy gaming, y'all. Well, Kit, (laughs) I guess it's you and me for a minute. Yes, let's go. All right. So Hawks will take you over to the Guardian's sort of encampment, which you've been at before. You all spent a a good chunk of time there after you declined to consecrate the node and Flick had to retrain everything he'd ever known. So, uh, yeah, you go up and uh, Hawks sort of, you know, puts you in a a building where you can uh, be comfortable while she goes to get Brita. uh, And Brita eventually arrives and is delighted to see you, gets filled in. And what? I want to hear her update. Um, uh, yeah. My, my impression from what Hawks was saying is that Brita would have some thoughts for us based on based on what we have learned. Yeah. So Brita uh, sort of looks to Hawks and is like, should we? I mean, I feel like Kit's probably the one to present this to first anyway. And they're like, yeah, well, Bistir would want to go right now. And, and I, I, Oh, well. God. <laughs> I mutter under my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you know, they nod and Brita. Brita tells you about some of what she and Hawks have been up to. Now, you knew that Hawks was doing some sort of research with Brita regarding the Arcanium. What detail was not given to you was that that research was sort of firsthand interview research <laughs> with Rithmala and Uza and sometimes even Guard. Oh no, I thought you were going to say Robert. <laughs> I, no, I mean, Robert has been involved because, you know, they sort of are the arbiter of the Arcanium. But yeah, they've been, they've been attempting to have conversations with the three transformed Arcanists that are trapped in the Arcanium. Okay. Yeah, they sort of pause there and wait for your initial response. My initial response is my eyes get really, really big. Yeah. And I look at them. Uh Uh-huh. And I make sure that no one has any missing limbs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, they're good. Uh, A few singe marks, uh, clearly from their their probably first attempt to parlay with guard. Uh, But yeah. Okay. Honestly... I respect the move, and everyone seems to be in good health. So, what 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 have you learned from them? Not much, to be honest. They all, for their own reasons, are both difficult to speak with and rather reticent to share information. But we have managed to uh, establish a few things. Um, Rithmala is obviously the easiest to converse with, but also in some ways the most dangerous. Um, Obviously, we can't actually approach her for fear of her um, taking control of our minds, as she is wont to do. Um, The reason we should start with, the reason that we have approached these three transformed arcanists in the first place is that, well, they were here. They are some of the only creatures on this world 
that are still here from the last time the beast appeared. Now, admittedly, they didn't get much of a view since uh, the beast's return coincided with the um, destruction of their Arcania and and their transformation. Um, but they were here, so we're trying to get information out of them. Rithmala, of course, wants uh, something in return. Uh, she uh, has been rather reticent to speak with us without uh, getting something back. Uh, Uza is an interesting being. Um, she has such a hard time, uh, you all know this, but she has such a hard time conversing in the present, and so anything we do get from her is as muddled as a prophecy might be. <laughs> um, Guard is, of course, a powerful weapon if we were to find a way to tame and control him, uh, but by the same token is, uh, well, destruction incarnate, uh, and hasn't provided much yet. Uh, all three of them uh, have, and Hawk sort of looks up to Brita, who shrugs and nods, expressed an interest in you and your friends. If you think this is an avenue of inquiry worth pursuing, you may be able to get further than we have. Uh, but of course, you all know the risks of dealing with these beings uh, far more acutely than we do, and, and so it's entirely up to you. Um, obviously, we can't even promise that they will be of use to us, uh, but the truth is, the writings and the texts and the tomes that we have from the tunnels and Brita and her guardians have from ages past only tell us so much because no one really knows very much, nor did they then, it seems. Oh boy. <laughs> well, obviously I'm going to have to talk to Flick and Bizdeer about this. I can't just make a decision for all three of us, but I think your logic makes sense. And if there's anything we can learn from them, then we should try to talk to them, although we'll probably want to take some precautions. Specifically, I'm curious if you all took any precautions when you went down there. Uh, to that question, you know, they tell you they like they didn't enter any of either side, Rithmala or Guard's side. They spoke through uh, intermediaries at first, uh, which was real weird on Rithmala's side because they were only vaguely aware of like the spell-infused zombies or whatever being on the other side of the door, and they just sort of had to take on faith that they were taking these messages back to Rithmala. Um, with Guard, like, you know, there were Azers or whatever that, that sort of were the intermediaries. Eventually, they got to actually converse with the beings themselves, but it was always through doors. Uh, it was always with, uh, you know, whatever protection spells the various uh, casters of the Guardians could, could bestow upon them, which were uh, relatively minimal compared to what you all are probably capable of, but so far have been enough to protect them. Okay, that's good to know. I feel overwhelmed that they <laughs> do such a thing, but they're all safe, so that's fine. Um, I think that's Kit's overwhelming reaction. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I'm also trying to remember, I would assume that I would have told them this, but the Alglorp was around for several returnings of the Beast, right? Yeah, well, at least one. The Alglorp was never 100% clear with you all how old it was, and was kind of vague every time it mentioned what it was around for, but you know it was around for at least the last one. And it is not outside of the realm of possibility that it was around for some before that. Okay. All right. Um, I'm wondering if for us, if it's helpful to think about the information we learned from from the Alglorp about the beast and to bring that into our conversation. But Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, the minute you sort of bring that up again, Hawks is like, I must meet it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you it can always come so with us. much. <laughs> Okay, great. Is there anything else you all have been doing or anything specifically interesting else that I should know about? Yeah, I mean, Brita can sort of update you and let you know that, like, the Guardians, like, membership in the Guardians has been in a weird state of flux. A chunk of Guardians just sort of left the Order once the Arcanium was opened. Uh, they were like, well, we failed. Guess, <laughs> guess we're done. Uh, and just sort of left. But that's been uh, sort of 
made up for by the influx of kobolds and the very occasional orc. Like, there's been maybe two since you all left that have come to join, because that's about the extent of interaction with the orcs. The ones that remain sort of have taken on their task to be, uh, you know, they were meant to protect the Arcanium from being opened. And so they have sort of taken that to be, well, the reason we were supposed to do that was to make sure that the beast didn't come back, right? Which, of course, is a little bit of a oversimplification of how this all works. But anyway, that's their take. Uh, and so now their new task must be to help defend against the beast. And so they, the ones that stayed and the kobolds that added, uh, have largely, I mean, some of them have been helping with research and stuff, but largely they've just been training uh, along with the kobold militia to provide various types of combat support should that be needed. Um, and then obviously Bria Hawks and a few other researchers can can be intel gathering, but yeah. Yeah, and Kit will relay that, yes, anyone who wants to fight, we are... We would welcome you with open arms uh, to join us in the eventual battle. But to your point, Hawks, I think we do need to do a little more information gathering um, to get us out of square one before we before we get to that point. If there's nothing else for right now, I think I want to go and talk to Bizdira gently so she doesn't just go running down into the Arcanium. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I I don't think that I can make any decisions on my own at this point. Uh, yeah, all right, you can head back. Uh, it's not not far. Bizdira, hello. Hello. Uh, so we we come to you now. You said you wanted to spar with them a little bit just for funsies. Yes. All right. Are we? Are you one on oneing? Or are you two on oneing? Oh, I'm two on oneing. Yeah, oh, yeah, I thought so. All right. Well, let's let's see what a little bit about what this might look like. Uh, roll initiative. You got a five. Okay, they go first. Uh, (laughs) I think she would absolutely be okay with that. She'd be like, come on, come on, see if you can hit me. Uh Uh-huh. So they, now you can, this is, you can tell these are trained combatants, right? Because they like, there is strategy. And so they come at you from both sides, right? Like flanking you, uh, which mechanically is not a thing. I'm just, if just for flavor. And the first one, they both just sort of like, you know, you all set up and they both just charge at you. They get to you. The first one reaches you and uh, a 21 to hit. As this kobold slams into you, uh, you take 11 points of bludgeoning damage and it wraps, he wraps his arms around you uh, and you are grappled by this swolebold. The other one comes charging in uh, and because they are kobolds, they have pack tactics. So this one gets advantage on the attack against you, which is good because the first thing I rolled was a natty one. How about a 17 to hit? No, I'm sorry, an 18 to hit. That'll hit. All right, so it's another 11 damage. uh, And they're both just squeezing the shit out of you. It is currently your turn, however. So as a bonus action, she's going to click her boots on. As her action, she's going to set off her radiant consumption and just smile at them. Oh, mean. (laughs) Mean. Uh, when do they take damage from that? On their turn or the end of yours? Right now, they'll take six radiant damage. Just be- At the end for, of your turn. Yeah, for being near me. Okay, so you take three radiant damage, mm-hmm. uh, and they will take six each. Uh, so th- it's not great. Uh, they're like, ah! Uh, uh, and in fact, I think I'm gonna, let's see. We'll make them do constitution saves, like spell concentration check style, mm-hmm. to see if they like continue holding on to you or if they end this grapple. Uh, the first one is a 16, so the the dude that grabbed you first is going to keep holding on. The other one, however, got a 7, so that one's going to sort of uh, let you go and skip back a few steps. Can I kick uh, at him? Using his action to disengage. Uh, (laughs) Because they're not... They're not just skirmisher kobolds. They are trained militiamen. Militia. You need to make a strength saving throw now as the one that is holding on to you doubles down and just tries to squeeze the shit out of you. That's a 12. Ooh, all right. So he does squeeze and you can feel like joints creaking as you take 21 bludgeoning damage from the squeeze. Yeah. She's going to go, ouch. Uh Uh-huh. To get out of a grapple, I have to do a acrobatics. To try to flip out. That is a twenty-one. Yeah, you you escape the grapple, no problem. <laughs> I I just like jump up and flip behind him. That is my attack 
Oh, that is my action, so... I mean, if I may, you could patient defense so that they've got disadvantage on you next round. (laughs) Yes, they can spend a key point to take the dodge action as a bonus action on my turn. Which gives disadvantage against all attack rolls against you until the beginning of your next turn. Sure, I'll do that. And uh, they take another six points of damage. Yes, they do. Yeah, so you, you free yourself from the grapple, take a little step, and ready for their attacks. And the one that, like, didn't let go of you turns to his friend and just sort of, like, gives him a shrug, like, this is what we're here for. If you're going to wimp out now, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, and goes in for another slam at you, Bizdira, this time with disadvantage, ugh, making it a nine to hit. And she she's going to do one of the Looney Tunes waste pulls yes, to move it out of the way. excellent. Uh, as you do, the other one, like, screws his courage to the sticking place uh, and charges in on you. And again, pack tactics advantage, your patient defense will cancel. So it's a normal roll. This one is a 15 to hit. She dodges in the other way. <laughs> All right. So they both, uh, they both manage to miss you. They are both going to go ahead and take... Take the, well, one of them, I guess. We'll take a lump if needed, but they're both going to step out of the radiant consumption's okay. range. So I'll do, I'll attack one of them. Okay. For 18 to hit. Oh yeah, that'll hit. For six plus my radiant consumption. Oh Jesus, which is another 12, Which right? is 12, so they'll take 18 points of damage Holy on that one. Shit. Okay, all right. Yeah, they're like, shit, and now it's your turn. And now it's my <laughs> turn. She's going to run up to one of them. Uh-huh. Punch him twice in the face. Okay. Using a key point to stunning strike. Oh shit! Okay, uh, start with just one, because if okay. you if you oh, succeed right. on the stun, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. You do remember we like these people, right? I just, I'm not trying to kill them. I'm just trying to teach them a lesson. Uh, so that's going to be 17 to hit. Yes, that hits. And then Monster? 14 con save. That's quite oh, the right. lesson. You know, is the lesson don't fight the beast with us? Okay. That's 20 points of damage. Jesus, Pete! And then a 16 to hit. Also hits. So uh, I'll use another key point. Okay. So DC 14 con save. That is a 13. Uh, so he is stunned and he takes okay. 19 points of damage. If he were not stunned, you can tell that he would like be trying very hard to tap out of this fight yeah. now. So then she's going to turn to the other one and... Okay, this is what she did. She's going to turn to the other one and kick him twice, also trying to stun. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That's a 12 to hit. Uh, No, that one does miss. And then I will go again. Stunning strike. That one is definitely going to hit for 18 points of damage. And a 10 to save. So this one is also stunned. Also stunned, in which case she's going to move backwards so that she is out of range so that they don't get their searing stun burst again. Uh-huh. And she's going to look at them both and say, you want to continue or you want to tap out? And six seconds later, when they're able to move, they both tap out, you monster. And she turns off her <laughs> consumption. <laughs> uh, that was good. They got the drop on you and did some damage. They did some damage because I, yeah. I mean... Um, they, like, no. more, they, they bloodied you for sure, right? They, like, bloodied, they halved you. Yeah, so... I don't know if we've discussed this. Um, we have um, not, and I have. For, I keep forgetting about it. We'll get to it probably next week. Uh, hey, listeners, the cast leveled up in between seasons. Up. We'll talk about it later. Woo-hoo! All right. Well, hey, it was a good. It was a good little scrap, and nobody died. Scrap. It so was I'm, fun. I'm into it. I'm uh, happy. Good times. And at this point, Kit comes walking up to you <laughs> with a insert descriptor here look on her face <laughs> that changes when she sees us all like dabbing bloody noses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's like I walk up with like a very contemplative look. Like I'm really like thinking about what I've learned. And then I see how everyone is all beat up. And I'm like, Bizdira, what did you do? (laughs) And then I'm going to cast a little healing spirit to go help some folks out. We're sparring. It was fun. <laughs> both, For what it's worth, both of the bodyguards are like, yeah, that was. <laughs> One of them is like a little cross-eyed when he says it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so while they, you all can take some time and walk through the healing spirits and we take the camera through the flaps of the tent and inside uh, to where Flick is, Focusing and concentrating on the shimmer scale in a way that he has not done in quite some time, and I actually mean that this time, it's not a seven-week joke. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, remind us, or or maybe it's a little different every time because maybe neither of us remembers uh, what this process looks like. Well, I do think it's a little bit different because his source of magic has changed. Like, I know it doesn't necessarily, this process doesn't necessarily depend on his class or his magic source, but I think the first time he did it, it was very, you know, the magic he knows, or he knew most at that time came from Denier, so it was very contemplative, it was very prayerful, it was, you know, kind of too... Praying to Denier while also performing this ritual, and I think now he's actually like meditatively uh, playing his pan flute and um, <laughs> letting that sort of the magic of that music sort of guide his process. And it's just an eight-hour-long. No, just kidding. Um, I think that as you play and as the as the ritual goes on, the scale itself begins to sort of. Uh, like the harmonics of your flute begin to get the scale to sort of vibrate and ring uh, in harmony with you. And it becomes this sort of complex, uh, like it is definitely not like pretty music by modern Western real world standards, right? It is very weird. It is often discordant. Uh, It has no real like tonal center necessarily, but there is this undeniable like synergy of sound between your flute and the key itself, the shimmer scale itself, and eventually, after what seems like an eternity of playing doo-doo-doo, you begin to, your eyes begin to close, and the sounds begin to uh, sort of continue without conscious thought on your end, and you begin to see things uh, and hear things, and I need you to roll a d4. I got a three, which means that I see two, right? You see two, yes, correct. It is a d4 minus one. I can't decide which ones to give you, so I'm going to roll. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds nice. Okay, so as the sounds, the music that you are creating begin to sort of become this hum in the background of your consciousness, you feel yourself begin to sort of, not really, but you feel your astral self, whatever, uh, begin to sort of rise up out of your body and up, up, up into the sky until you see before you the world and the night sky uh, sort of behind it, the horizon. And it slowly sort of begins to shift and change and morph so that it becomes this sort of almost like a picture window where you see sort of a, a much more artistic representation rather than a realistic view of the world and the sky. And you watch as the world spins faster and faster, and you can see the stars in the sky and their positions also spin as if time is passing and the constellations are changing. And there are these, there are faint suggestions even of like a clock face in the sky, just clearly time is passing. And this happens for a little while, and then one day it stops. And you take a moment and you look at the position of the sky and you take in what you saw with the clock and the rotations of this world, and it's been a while. Like, the first part of this vision indicated the passage of 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 about a year. Your eye is drawn to aspects of the world once you bring your vision down from from the, the, the heavens, right? From the stars and that sort of thing. And you can see that it appears to be bright and sunny and warm in the world on whatever this day is. And in fact, as you think about it a little bit more, it feels like perhaps the height of summer, very near to, if not the full moon, uh, rather summer solstice. And then you see, and again, very unrealistically, but you see from sort of the center of the horizon that you're looking at, you see during the day, the moon begin to rise, which is not unheard of. Sometimes there is a moon in the daytime sky. That's not so weird. But if you're right about what day it is, in that it is the summer solstice, it is apparently also the full moon. And the full moon is bright and visible in the daytime sky. And you watch as the tides on the world begin to become more and more pronounced. You can see whole, like, coastlines being swallowed and then completely drained of water. And then it's not just the water. 
you can see what you realize are the four island nodes somehow also pulse in time with the tides. The brightest and most obvious indication of this is in the south. There is a bright pulse of light there that ebbs and flows with the tides. The northern and eastern islands, there is... You know it's happening there too, but it's almost imperceptible. And in the west, there is sort of somewhere in between. It's not strong, but it doesn't feel broken like the north and the east do. And after a few moments of this, you watch as, or you feel more than you see, that whatever these energetic tides are from the nodes, you watch as the sun hits the highest point in the sky and begins to eclipse with the moon. And when the eclipse is at its zenith, there is darkness. And you can feel that it's more than just the sun's light being blocked by the moon. You feel this ener- these tides of energy, whatever they are from each of the islands, be sucked into the center of the world. And then you start to see something happening in the center of the world, in the central island. You see fire, and you see storms, and you see wind, and you feel earthquakes, and you watch as forces, masses of people from all the different four islands converge upon the center island. And it's clear that a it, this is not a, you know, couple rounds of combat. This is days, maybe weeks of battle, of a campaign pushing to the center of the island, of the central island. And the last thing you see is these, uh, so, you know, what is left of these forces reach the center of the island and there is a flash of light, and then the vision ends. Wow. Then the second vision begins. And I hate to tell you, but the first thing you see in the second vision is a little flock of birds. What? No. (laughs) Not more birds. (laughs) Oh my god, how many? Four. Oh, god damn. (laughs) Um, There are lots more that participate in the scene that I'm about to describe, but your vision is is inexorably drawn to these, to four in particular. You watch as these birds fly around this enormous field full of flowers. And the flowers are, they grow on thorny vines, and they seem to, I mean, they're beautiful flowers, vibrantly colored, petaled flowers, the heads of the flowers like heavy bulbs circled by petals. Um, but they do seem, you, you get a sense that they are in some way invasive. And you watch as these birds swoop down and try to peck at the vines or get at, and that sort of doesn't work. You see birds uh, with bloody beaks sort of retreating from this field. And then you watch as they try to get at whatever is in the center of these flowers these pods, whatever is there hidden by the petals, but the petals themselves of these flowers rebuff these birds. And you see flashes of fire and sprays of water and gusts of wind and earth tremors that sort of erupt from the flowers every time a bird attempts to get at the centerpiece. And eventually you watch as this enormous flock of birds with these four that you're focusing on, you watch as the flock begins to die from the elements, from starvation, from damage, from these these petals and vines. And eventually there is nothing left. None of the birds are left and the flowers and vines grow to cover the entirety of the world until there is nothing left. And then things sort of reset, and you watch the flock approach this field of flowers again, but this time, the birds swoop down and peel petals from the flowers first. And you watch as every time they peel a petal, the petal sort of, they they tear the petal off with their beaks, and the petal sort of floats up into the air. 
And eventually, there are all of these, there are four sort of piles of petals floating in the sky. And one of the piles erupts in flame. And another erupts, uh, uh, turns into sort of this uh, water. And another into sort of a little whirlwind of air. And another into rocks that continually shatter and reform. And the four birds that caught your eyes from the beginning fly up, each carrying something in their talons, and fly up to these petal piles. And you see that whatever they have in their talons, they appear to be branches of trees, but in the weird way that these visions work, you see the tree branch, but somehow overlaid onto it, you see the shape of the keys. Each branch is sort of both this this item that makes sense in the world of the vision, and laid on top of it are key shapes. And each of these keys is branded with an element, a different elemental symbol. And you watch as each bird takes a key with a matching symbol to each of the piles of, well, now elements, they're not petals anymore. And these elements get absorbed by the keys and held there. And once all four of the piles are held in the keys, the flock descends upon now the bare seed cores of these flowers and devour them until there is nothing left of these flowers and vines but remnants. And the world is able to continue to grow and flourish without the choking vines that were once there. And as you come out of that second vision and you hear your friends outside the tent wondering when the hell you're going to be done, I think that's where we'll leave it for this week. Oh my god, 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 oh my god. (sighs) Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen next week to find out what in the hell the party thinks those meant. You can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at, at @dndlastrefuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. And if you've got more than 280 characters to say to us on Twitter, you can also email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. If you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing even more D&D, you can go to our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Hupf, my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me, I have... Bizdira, Kit, and Flick. Happy gaming, y'all. So when we left you all, la- <laughs> y'all right there. <laughs>